praise the Lord. Let everything that hath breath. I said, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Wow. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Jesus is here. When Jesus is here, strongholds are broken. In the name of Jesus. If you have your Bibles, I'll be turning to 1 Samuel chapter 17. It's good to be in Summerton today and not have business. We can actually be spiritual today. Isn't that wonderful? We've got the other solved, so now we get to enjoy today. We get to preach for the fun of it. It's a joy to be here with you. I respect you deeply, your heritage, your, your impact, not only on this community, but on the Church of God in Alabama. I, I thank God for your pastor and his family. They're some of our best friends in the world. They're like family to us, and uh, we love them. We love Brother Harvey Turner Sr. and his family. Um, he was my dad and mom stayed overseer in North Carolina when, when we needed him. He was there. And my mother needed him, needed his prayers and his pastoral uh, care and, and, uh, and dad, and we thanked him very, very much. Uh, I must say that I appreciate uh, my assistant being here today. I know she goes here normally, and I know I stole her from you, and I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. And Tammy's doing a wonderful job, and she's representing you well in the state. She, she's Summerton's representative in the state office, and uh, wow, she's fit right in, and she's doing a remarkable job. And you're going you're gonna to love Harv and Kelly Turner. I know, I know you think you have seen it all, and you've heard it all, but there's such a depth of talent in this couple, and and uh, it's just like an unmined uh, diamond cave, and they're going to be wonderful for Summerton. Let's look at the word of the Lord. Thanks, Brian, Tanya. Wow, praise and worship was great this morning. It just felt like an overflow from camp meeting, and I thank God for for our, 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 our I mean our prayer conference had a wonderful prayer conference. Got camp meeting coming up in June. Invite you to come because I won't be back to give you an invitation probably. But Mark Rutland will be there on Wednesday night. And uh, we have a tremendous lineup and we want to invite you uh, to come. Now let's look at the word of the Lord. I'm not going to read this whole uh, passage of scripture. It's quite lengthy. But it's very familiar to you. But I'm going to start with verse 40 of 1 Samuel 17. Then he took his staff in his hand. And he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag and in a pouch which he had. And his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. The Philistine came and began drawing near to David and the man who bore, and the, man who bore the shield went before him, talking about the giant. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, uh, this says he disdained him. He just... He just got mad. He got ticked when he saw this little bitty guy. For he was only a youth, ruddy and good looking. So the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you've come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. 
And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You've got this wrong. Do you come to me with a sword and a spear and a shield and a javelin? But I come to you in the name in the name of the Lord of hosts. That's the name we sang about. Shout Jesus in the mountain. Jesus in the street. That's the name, the name of the Lord of hosts. The God of the army of Israel, whom you have defied in this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you, and I'm going to take your head off of your shoulders. And I'm going to, you're going to be bird food to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field, that all the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God. How many of you know there's a God in Israel? Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's. And he will give you in our hand. So it was when the Philistine rose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and slung it struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on the face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, struck the Philistine and killed him, but there was no sword in the hand of David. May God bless his word and you may be seated this morning. I hope you brought your dumb phone or your smartphone or whatever you want to call it. As I said last time I was in the pulpit, please get it out and hold it in your hand. If you have a note feature on that and you can take notes or you got a pen or you got a paper, I want to give you five points this morning that separate giant watchers from giant killers. And I'm going to preach on the subject of giant killers this morning. I appreciate... Uh, your staff as well, I got to say that before we move on. Your super staff that you have here at Summerton and all that compose the ministry of this church. Some assume that if you're anointed, you will not be attacked. That's a joke, isn't it? The anointing will not insulate you from giants. Rather, you're probably being attacked because you are anointed and you are a child of God. David was a junior high school age boy, 15 years old, when he was anointed to be the king of Israel by Samuel that showed up at Jesse's house one day. God anointed him prior to appointing him. The anointing comes first and then the position comes later. How many of you know God will often anoint you for then and then he will bring you back to reality. He will bring you back to now. It was 24 years later when David actually became the king of Israel from the time he was anointed. That's a long period of time to wait. There's a lot of times God will give you something now, but it's not for now, it is for later. 
How many ever had that happen before? It may be a word in your devotion. It may be a word in your prayer closet. And you wonder why God dropped this in my spirit like he did. I felt it so strong and I felt it so powerful, but I don't see where it applies right now. But later on, maybe months, maybe weeks, maybe even a year later, something came up in your life or your circumstance and God reminded you, do you remember what I gave you in your prayer closet? it months ago. I gave, I anointed you for, I anointed you for then, but I brought you back to now. Imagine the struggle of having the anointing of a king upon you when you're just a teenager. Imagine the struggle of shoveling, I don't know any better way to say this, of shoveling sheep dung when you've got a king's anointing on your head. Imagine the, you know, the anointing on your head contradicts the shovel in your hand. Mm -hmm. And and imagine the struggle of of keeping sheep, these old dumb stinking sheep, and they do stink, while the brothers are down on the battlefield and they're having all the adventure. How much adventure can you have with dumb sheep? And then your father thinks you're a grub hub or door dash delivery boy. And in this passage of scripture, he tells you to take lunch down to your brothers in the Valley of Elah and see how the battle's going. And you know you've been anointed to be the king of Israel. But God will test you with little things before he will trust you with bigger things until he can trust you with lunch He will never trust you with giants. And he didn't realize it as he got on the carriage that day to go to the valley of Elah, but God was setting up David for a defining moment in his life. It would be a moment that would take him from obscurity to prominence. It would cause him to be great in the eyes of the people of God whom he one day would rule. Sometimes showing up is just half the battle, quote Johnny Childers, unquote. And at 19 years of age, he fights the battle that takes him to a place of prominence. And God uses a giant to do that. You see, the giant that comes to your life He thinks he's been sent to destroy you, but little does he know that he has been sent to open up a door of destiny for you. And I have yet to see a time when God would elevate a person. I've yet to see a time when God would take a person to another level and use them in a greater way that there wasn't a giant or a mountain or a wall that's there that's a test to see. God can trust you or not. I ask you to look across the valley at your giant this morning. It looks ugly. It looks huge. It looks hairy. It looks intimidating. It has bad breath. Got to make it up ugly, you know. It's got earwax coming out its ear. I don't know. Whatever you think it is, it's bad to the bone. And you realize this giant isn't going away. He isn't going to suddenly disappear. He isn't going to finally get tired of waiting on you to fight him and go on home. This giant came out 40 days straight. 
twice a day to challenge the people of Israel. You know it's a giant because when you take a step back, it just keeps on coming. It just keeps on pressing in. This giant isn't going anywhere. You can't ignore it away. You can't shoo it away like a fly at a homecoming dinner. It finally dawns on the people of God in this passage of scripture. This giant is not going anywhere. The only way to get through this thing is to fight this thing. So again, I ask you, what does your giant look like? You say, man, you've already lost me. This does not apply to me. I don't even know why you're preaching on giants this morning. I guarantee you that every person, every child of God in this sanctuary today, you find yourself right now in one of three positions. You're either facing a giant in your life and you've come this morning and you heard the worship and you worship God and you felt some strength from God. You've come because you need an answer to the giant. Are you just defeated one this past week? And that's why you could lift up your hands so greatly a while ago in celebration because you saw a giant fall this past week in your life, in your circumstance, or there is one that is waiting on you this next week around life's next bend in its road in the shadows because giants keep on coming. When you least expect them, they keep on coming. Just cause you kill one doesn't mean your giant killing days are over. If you'll study, you'll find out David, that Goliath had four other brothers and, and that David and his men would have to fight every one of them. So again, I ask you, what does your giant look like? Is it a person? Is it a situation you don't have a solution for? Is it a circumstance beyond your control? What part of it looks so intimidating? What is it about your giant that you fear? You see, that's the things about giants. They do not just fight you. They, 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 they mess with your mind. They, they get in your head. The devil is good at magnifying the size of the giant in your life. I don't know about you, I don't fight any teensy-weensy giants. I don't fight any midget giants. I don't fight any scrawny giants. Everyone I fight is always in one size, and that's extra, extra, extra large. <laughs> David looked at this thing. He was nine feet plus tall, had 126 pounds of armor on, The army of Israel looked at them and they were scared to death and David rolled into the camp, if you read it when you get home, with the meal in his hand and says, what, who, who is this? What, what's, in today's language, what's up with this? This big mouth thing out there defying the armies of the living God. But I encourage you before you leave this sanctuary, I challenge you before you leave this place to take another look out at the valley and the giant that's standing the other side of your valley. But I want you to see someone else that is out there with you midway between you and the giant. There is someone bigger than your giant. There's someone bigger than your circumstance. There's someone.
larger than your situation. And his name is Jesus Christ. Shout Jesus in the mountain, Jesus in the street. He will turn you into, from a giant watcher into a giant killer. Saul and the men of Israel, they were doing nothing but staring at the giant. They were giant watchers. But God wants you and I to be a giant killer. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house this morning. I'm gonna give you five things. Are you ready for them? Five things, five characteristics that separate giant watchers from giant killers. Number one, giant killers view the battle through spiritual eyes. Giant killers view the battle through spiritual eyes. All the children of Israel could see is how big this thing was how intimidating this man was. But if you look at this passage of scripture, there's not one reference that David makes to how big he is, how strong he is. David only sees one thing about this giant. He is an uncircumcised Philistine. Who does this uncircumcised Philistine think that he is to defy the army of the living God? In other words, he has no right to open his big fat mouth. He's not even part of the covenant people. Who does he think he is to defy God? Who does he think he is to defy the the armies of the living God. And I've come to tell you, the only way you're gonna take that giant out in your life is to realize this is not a physical battle that you're fighting. This is a spiritual battle. Even to the pulling down of strongholds, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Until you realize this is a spiritual deal and not a physical deal, you will never succeed in defeating the giant using physical means, your talent, your ability, your money, or anything else. You gotta have spiritual weapons to fight a spiritual warfare against a spiritual giant. Unless you're going to do that? You're just going to be shadow boxing the enemy. You're going to be swinging in the wind. Notice what it says. There was a shield bearer in front of a giant. What in the world does a giant need with a shield bearer? He's out there as camouflage. He's out there trying to disguise what the giant is doing. You see, you thought that pile of unpaid bills was your giant. You thought, you thought that unruly son or daughter was your giant. You, you, you thought that doctor's report was your giant. You, you thought that neighbor that drives you nuts was your giant. You thought that boss that you have to see every day. You've been asking God to kill him for 10 years and he keeps on living was your giant. I'm telling you, your giant is greater than what you see on the surface. Your giant high beneath your immediate problem and you gotta, you gotta get spiritual. You gotta have the weapons of warfare that are in the word of God. You gotta put on the whole armor of God. You're not gonna defeat this giant with your mind. You're gonna defeat this giant on your knees in prayer. Hallelujah. It is a spiritual thing that we're dealing with. Second, giant killers understand that rejection sort of goes along with the job. I hate to tell you this, but not everybody's gonna rejoice with you when you kill your giant. You better beware of friends that fail to celebrate with you 
when you have a spiritual victory because they are not your friend. David not only fought a giant, he fought rejection. If you read when you get home this passage of Scripture, I didn't take time to read it, but, but his family rejected him. His brother, oldest brother Eliab said, you little pipsqueak. What are you, who, what are you even doing here? Who's keeping those few sheep? You're only big enough to keep sheep. Even the boss man rejected him. Saul said, David, you're not able to fight this giant. He'll grind you to bits for he has been a man of war since his youth. I'm telling you this morning, you might as well get ready. If you're a giant killer, you're going to face some rejection. Rejection is a sign from God. He didn't want you to fit in with everybody. Whoa, did you say that? Yeah. We try hard to be accepted by everybody. and every, I want everybody to like me. But you know, God, when he elevates you, he didn't want everybody to like you because he didn't want anybody else to come alongside of you and say, I made them what they are. I got there. I pulled some strings to get them where they are. When God gets ready to lift you up, when God gets ready to place his hand on you, when God gets ready to elevate you, he is a jealous God and he wants to credit all his own. He wants you to be able to say, I'm telling you the giant that fell in my life this week. It wasn't my talent. It wasn't my ability. It wasn't help from mom and dad. It was only the hand of almighty God that caused this thing to fall in my life. To God be the glory and God alone. Amen. Number three. Giant killers have a testimony. Everybody say testimony that they can rely upon. Never underestimate the power of the testimony. When you make it to heaven, there ain't but one way you're gonna get there. You're not gonna swab your way in. You're not gonna debonair your way in. You're not gonna slick your way in. If you get there, you're gonna get there just like everybody else gets there. And the way you're gonna get there, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. David faced the giant with the knowledge of his past victory. Saul said, you can't face this thing. He said, you don't understand, Saul. I'm come to testify. Let me tell you about the day the lion came out to take my flock. Let me tell you about the day that the bear came out to take my flock. And the same God that delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear is the same God that will cause this uncircumcised Philistine to fall. I'm telling you, if I took this mic and we stopped right now and we took the rest of this service going down each row, I'm telling you there's some people in this house, you've got a testimony. God's brought you through some mess. God's kept you through some stuff. And because God did that then, he will bring you through now. Because God gave you victory then, he will give you victory now. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hang on. Hang on. Rely on the power of the testimony in your life. Number four. Now I've got to hurry. because Pastor Harv's always done at 1130. I'm sorry. I'm already three minutes past. Number four. Giant killers understand You can't kill a giant wearing somebody else's armor. 
Saul did the best he could to get Saul, get David into his armor. Boy, you better put this on. He's going to grind you to bits, but maybe there'll be enough left to bury. If we can keep you in this armor, we can dig it out of the armor once it's mashed and have something left to bury. David refused. You see, what was made for Saul would not fit David. Saul's armor was made for the tallest man in Israel. And David was just a teenage boy. You ever, I'm asking the guys now, well, maybe the ladies, but the guys, you ever, you ever been to, to, to the department store and you buy a suit and they don't have the pants legs hemmed? When you're short like me, it's even worse because you got 15 miles of pant leg out beyond the sun. You're trying to see if they fit and you got these big old wads around your ankles. That's the way David felt. This stuff does not fit me. This armor was made for Saul and not me. You see, you'll never, fight the, you'll never find the freedom to fight the giant wearing somebody else's armor. And some people are so busy trying to be somebody else that they can't be who God created them to be. And they run all over the all over the country to this conference and that conference and this seminar and that seminar trying to borrow somebody else's armor to bring back to their home to fight the battle with. I'm telling you, you can't fight the battle wearing somebody else's stuff. I don't care if you got a three by five note card from Reverend Ike. It ain't gonna work in Summerton. I don't know, I don't care what you got at the Rod Parsley conference. It ain't gonna work in Summerton. What was designed to fit somebody else would not fit you. God wants you to be you. And God's grace and God's mercy is enough for you. David said, I'm just gonna go with what I know. You take this stuff. And he went out and he got five stones out of, out of a brook, put them in his shepherd's pouch and took his sling and went out to face the giant. And the giant gets mad. The giant's insulted. The giants insulted that God would send somebody so small to fight something so big. And he begins to curse David. I'm not making this stuff up. It's in the Bible. He begins to curse David by his gods. See, even the giant knew it was a spiritual battle. He began to curse David by his gods. Isn't it pitiful when God knows it's a spiritual battle and the devil knows it's a spiritual battle, but we're still trying to fight it on a physical level. It ain't gonna work. Sorry to go back to number one, but I thought I'd just throw that in one more time. Number five, giant killers rely upon the power in the name. Everybody say the name. Not a name. The name. And leave everything else up to God. It's, it's not a coincidence. I, I've just really stopped believing it's a coincidence. That when God gives me a message to preach and the, the praise and worship fits right in, they, they really hammered home. Shout, shout Jesus in in the mountains, Jesus on the, Jesus is the, see? And David looked at him and said, you, you think you're gonna feed me to the fowls of the air and the beasts of the field? I got news for you. You're the one that's gonna be animal food. But God, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. 
whose armies you have to fight. And I've got news for you, giant. It's not even my battle anyway. The battle is the... You see, that's the war cry of the giant killer. The battle is the... How many times do we forget that, that the battle is the... And look what it says. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone. When David saw the giant, he reached for the stone. When David saw the giant, he reached for the stone. Let me rewind it one more time. It ain't something. When David saw the giant, he reached for the stone. How many of you know there is a stone that the builders rejected? How many of you know there is a chief corner stone? When you see the giant, the best thing you can do is just remember what David did. He reached for the stone. And he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into the forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed against the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. And the Bible said, but there was no sword in the hand of David. He didn't gain victory over the giant with a sword. The sword was made by man. He gained victory over the giant with a stone. The stone was created by God. And he climbed up on top of that giant and he pulled out the sword of the giant. The giant was going to use the sword to kill David, but David used what the giant had tended to kill him and he killed the giant with him. He cut off his head. Say that with me. He cut off his head. I got a wife this morning who's keeping two grandkids because mom and dad thought just because somebody gave them some tickets to go hear someone like Adele, they, they went to hear Adele. I can't understand why anybody would do that and leave their kids, just abandon their kids like that. <laughs> so she's keeping two grandkids because they'd be out on the street with nobody if, if, if she wasn't there, so that's why she's not here. My wife does not like snakes. Dennis, I can take a lawnmower and hit a snake with it while I'm mowing and cut it in half. That make no difference. I can take a brick and go out there and beat that snake till there's not one drop of juice left in its body. Don't make no difference. She's going to say the same thing every single time. You go in the garage, you get the hoe, and you do what? You cut its head off. You make sure it's dead. You see, some people <laughs> knock the giant out, but they let him get back up. Ooh, I didn't say that. They keep letting the giant come back in the house. They keep letting it circle back around. They, they keep letting it hang around. God will give you the power to defeat the giant in your life if you have the courage and the willpower to take it out and kill it, D-E-A-D, -E dead. <laughs> gotta kill it dead. Look at your neighbor and say, gotta kill it dead. 
If you don't remember anything else I said, remember to get the spiritual hoe and kill it dead. Now, I know this is a pitiful representation. I, I'm sorry, I couldn't do no better than this. But I brought my shepherd's bag with me this morning. Isn't that pitiful? That's just pitiful. That looks more like a BB case than a shepherd's bag, don't it? But inside my little shepherd, homemade shepherd's bag, I have something I want to show you. If I can get this undone, this wire's off. There you go. I have five stones. They didn't come from my house in Hoover. I actually stood in the valley of Elah one day and the tour guide said, this is where David fought Goliath to the best of our knowledge. And I said, well, I'm not leaving this valley. I'm not getting back on that bus until I pick up five stones out of this valley. And every time I face a giant, every time I see a wall, every time I see something, God, a mountain, God, I just can look at those five stones. There's no power in those, but they're a representation of a time when a shepherd's boy who was anointed king went out and took out a nine-foot giant that should not have failed but fell at the hand of Almighty God. And I look at those stones and I, I keep them by my nightstand in my, in my drawer because they're representation that giants still fall. Won't you say that with me, giants still fall. A couple of Sundays ago, I stood in the Selma Church of God and I preached on Jericho. Just a couple of days later, an F2 tornado would come through part of that town and destroy a lot of the homes there. I preached on strongholds in the walls of Jericho. There was a time when communism was strong and there was a wall in Germany that separated communist Berlin and communist Germany and all of the communist pact from the free world. And that wall was called the Berlin Wall. It was a wall that people said would never fall. But there was a little Holy Ghost filled woman in a Pentecostal service in underground Russia they gave a message in prophecy that said there's coming a time in our nation where a man who rules our nation has a mark on the top of his head and his first name will be Mikael. And under his rule, the walls of communism will fall. Sometimes later, I was in Eastern North Carolina as the state youth director. I, how many of you remember that day when you saw that? Just like the day 
They announced that Kennedy was assassinated. You remember sitting and watching them take jackhammers and, and sledgehammers and beating up the wall. If you'd have gotten near that wall, you would have been killed before you even got there. And now, you know, it's a president by the name of Ronald Reagan that said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. And I, so I thought I'd just bring a piece of the Berlin Wall with me this morning. Somebody in this place has some walls you need to fall. Your back may be against the wall. There may be a giant you're standing looking, or there may be a wall that you need to fall. I've come to tell you that Jericho's walls still fall. Communist walls still fall by the power of the Holy Ghost. Only a little bitty gray-haired, anointed Holy Ghost woman spoke out those words. One day the wall would come down. I'm telling you, there's not a wall that God can't bring down in your life. There's not a giant that God can't cause to fall in your life. I don't know what you're facing today, but God is greater than anything you're facing. God is greater. Hallelujah. And I remind you what God's word said. Is there anything too hard for God? Is there anything too hard for God? Just obey God this morning. I feel the Holy Spirit like a blanket. It's just settling over this congregation right now. You just obey God. Isn't that beautiful? 
My mama used to sing a song, Top Knot and All. back when the women wore the top knots. My mama was a holiness woman, praying woman. She used to sing a song with an accordion in her hand. Got any rivers you think are uncrossable? You got any mountains you cannot tunnel through? My God specializes in things thought impossible. And he can do what no other power can do. If you're here this morning and you're facing a giant, as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, you're facing a wall of Jericho, you need to fall. I'm going to ask Pastor and Miss Kelly and Brother Harvey and church staff and anyone else Pastor would designate to come and stand across the front of this altar right now and face this congregation. I want everybody to stand to your feet right now, would you please? Your head's still bowed and your eyes still closed. If you're, if you're facing a giant, I, I, can't, I can't improve on what the Holy Spirit says. That's about, as, that's about as powerful as you can get. But if you need a, you need a giant to come down, you need, you need a wall to fall. I know it's Kentucky Fried time. I know it's Taco Bell time. But I'm telling you, if you're desperate this morning, you got to have an answer. You need to get to this altar as fast as you can and let them pray for you right now. Come on, in the name of Jesus. If you got a giant, it may be a, it may be a doctor's report, it may be a financial need, it may be a physical need, it, it, may be, it may be a son or daughter that you're burdened for this morning that's lost and away from God, but whatever your giant is, it may be something on the job. It may be, you may be discouraged this morning. I don't know, I'm not, I, can't, I can't specify, but if you got a giant that you're facing, I want you to just come and stand in this altar. Brian and Tanya's fixing to come. And I tell you, Jesus in the mountain will be a good, a good return right there. I'll take, another, I'll take another dose of that right there. But you come on right now if you need prayer for anything this morning. Come on in the name of Jesus. Just come down here and let one of these saints of God pray for you right now. Go ahead, Brian. Take off. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Anybody else? Come on. shadows burn like a fire come on your name is power your name is healing come on your name is life break every stronghold Shine through the shadows, burn like a fire.